Welcome to You Midcast. I'm Connor Hamilton, and today we're talking to Dr. Anamika Goldring um, about academic versus community medicine. Dr. Goldring, I just wanted to start off by asking you a little bit of, about your background, where you went to undergraduate and medical school, um, and then where you did your residency. Excellent. So I did my undergraduate at University of California, Santa Barbara, and I worked for the university for two years after I finished my degree in microbiology. And I worked in public health and realized that I wanted to go to medical school after I had finished my undergraduate. So um, I applied for only MD, MPH programs, and uh, I went to OHSU and did my MD and MPH there, and then did my residency in emergency medicine at OHSU. All right. Could you tell us a little bit about the residency you trained at? Was it considered more of an academic setting or a community setting? So OHSU, I would say, is definitely considered an academic setting for residency. They do have a fair amount of exposure to community medicine compared to other programs that I interviewed at, uh, but I think definitely most emergency medicine programs, especially the ones I was looking at because I was interested in academics, um, are, are fairly academic in nature just given the, um, the need for having uh, a large volume uh, to be able to adequately train residents. And uh, the academic setting was something I was actually very interested in. Uh, I was planning to uh, go into pediatric emergency medicine and uh, with my MPH background, I was definitely thinking I wanted to do research and stay in the academic setting initially when I was interviewing for residency. Okay. Um, so. In training in the academic setting, kind of what things did you like about it or what things, um, I know you talked about thinking about staying in the academic setting, what things kind of drew you to that or why were you interested in that? So with my background, I really enjoyed public health and my degree was in biostatistics. And so I felt that I could best use that degree and that training in a place where there's a lot of research um, going on and I had opportunities to participate in research during residency, which is something I was very interested in. And like in terms of the emergency medicine training when you were um, doing the, like in actual residency, was there things about the academic setting that you really enjoyed or versus, or could you even maybe things that you didn't like as much? So I think the, at OHSU, the benefits of the academic setting are that you're constantly surrounded by people that are looking for help and doing research projects. You're also in a place where there's a lot of other specialties. So when you're doing your training, you're exposed to a lot of you know high level people who are doing research in all different fields, which is really exciting to see. Um, and you you have an opportunity to even work with other you know other groups like trauma um, and other specialties if you're interested in doing research outside of emergency medicine. 
I also think that when you're training, you're being taught by people who are experts. So when you're calling for, you know, consultation on a difficult neuro patient with a neurologic disease, you've got someone who's probably an expert, you know, really high level expert in their field who's doing research and possibly, um, you know, researching the specific thing that your patient has. And so you just have that uh, a, a really intense experience in terms of learning about those different disease processes from people who are you know, really experts in their field versus um, in a community setting, you may or may not even have a specialist uh, to consult on for for patients like that. All right. So it sounds like kind of the benefits were like very high level center where you have like um, exposure to a lot of experts you can consult and learn from as well as a trainee. That's probably obviously really important. What were some of the negative things or things you didn't really like about training in academic center? Um, Yeah, so I think, um, you know, one of the things is always that it's it's sort of the the pros and the cons are the same thing. So the benefit of having specialists, you know, in every field also is that there's residents in every field and you're all, uh, you know, kind of vying for the same experience and the same procedures. And so um, I would say during my rotations at OHSU, when I was in the hospital at OHSU, things like you know, reducing fractures or joint dislocations, those were done by the orthopedic resident. Uh, Putting in chest tubes were done by the trauma surgery resident. And so um, that experience, I think, if if you're in a setting where they don't really try to get you um, those experiences, you're going to come out of your residency training and really feel a little intimidated, I think, if you're in a community setting and you're sort of now expected to be able to do these things on your own and you haven't had a huge number of experiences in doing those procedures. I would say that at OHSU, we do a fair amount of rotating through community sites. And I think that that was um, a really huge advantage for me, even though I was planning to go into academics uh, initially, being able to rotate through the community sites where there are a lot of sort of bread and butter cases, a lot of procedures where the attendings are you know, super happy to have you participate in those procedures and um, you know, call you into the room to do procedures for them or you know, tons of laceration repairs, joint reductions, chest tubes, intubations, um, because you're really the only resident there with a number of attendings um, who are seeing a large volume of patients and, and are happy to have your help. Okay. Um, so it sounds like having exposure to community setting was really helpful to kind of juxtapose the being at the academic um, setting where a lot of residents and everything are kind of taking up all the procedures and the specialists are really getting in there versus having kind of the more bread and butter cases that you see in the community setting every day at the um, at a other site that isn't up on the hill for us at OHSU. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that was something I didn't really look at. Um, as closely as I should have when I was interviewing for residency. I think that having uh, a community site exposure during, like kind of throughout the residency is really critical to coming out of residency, even if you're planning to do academics, but feeling comfortable, um, you know, with the breadth of knowledge that you have and with your actual like procedural skills. And uh, there are some academic centers where you really don't have a lot of community medicine exposure. I, I remember from you know, at least back when I was interviewing, uh, and because I was looking almost exclusively at, you know, large academic sites. I think I interviewed at one or two more community-based uh, sites. 
And so I think that that's something to think about when you're applying, even if you think that you're probably going to go into academics, you're just going to get a better training if you're at a place that has um, some community sites where you can get that you know, experience where you're, you're feeling really confident coming out of training that you can handle, you know, anything coming your way. Great. That's awesome advice. Um, so what type of setting do you currently work in um, right now? So I, le- I work in a large uh, volume community uh, emergency room, and that is in, uh, it's sort of outside of Portland in Gresham, and so it's a, a fairly large city, but certainly not as big of a city as Portland is. But we do see we're a catchment. We have a very large catchment area. So we see a lot of patients and a lot of our patients, uh, you know, are really grateful to be able to be seen in a community setting uh, near their home. Some of them are even traveling, you know, 30, 40 minutes up to an hour to get to our hospital um, because they live up on the hill, um, you know, Mount Hood. That hill, not HSU Hill. Um, and so for them, going into the city of Portland is a really big deal, and they really want to avoid it, a lot of them, at, you know, if they can. And so um, so having that patient population it is really nice to feel that they really appreciate having our services available to them there. Right. So you were talking about, you were thinking about going into academics during your training and kind of before even your training. What kind of led you to switch gears and decide to take a community job? Well, for me, it was probably the fact that I got pregnant during residency. (laughs) And so once I had my first child, it really changed my perspective. Um, I was planning to go into pediatric emergency medicine, which at the time was a full three additional years of Mm -hmm. residency training for fellowship. So um, the idea of doing Q2 pick you call with an infant uh, just was not very appealing at the time. And in my mind, I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll work for a year or two in the community and just sort of, you know, let my baby grow up a little bit and then I'll go back and, and do a Peds Emergency Medicine Fellowship later. And I had several of my attendings who made a bet with me and they said, you'll never come back once you leave. And they were right. Um, but I really, uh, I was really surprised at how much I liked community medicine. I initially, um, like I said, was planning to just take, do it for a short time. Um, and I'm still actually at the site that I started at out of residency. So I took a few weeks off out of residency to be home as a stay at home mom and then started looking for work when I realized that I really missed working. It was very hard to be at home. (laughs) And then uh, found this job and have been there since. Very happy there. Awesome. Well, so what types of things, um, I know you talked a little bit about being in the Community Risk Academic Center in your training. What types of things as an attending do you like about being in the setting that you're currently in and what kind of keeps you there? Yeah, so I think um, one of the greatest things about my hospital, and I think most community hospitals um, are kind of set up this way, is that all of the other physicians who are working there are working there because they believe in what they're doing. They want to provide a service to a community. They want to be there for those people who need their care. And so I think, you know, having a a team of hospitalists, a team of surgeons, our specialists who are, you know, always available, always wanting to do the right thing for the patient. Um, I think it's very different than being in a place where there's residents who are overworked and overtired and who are, when you call them for admission, they're like, oh, really, again, um, versus, you know, someone who it's just, they're happy to do their job and they really believe in providing the service to the community, which I, I really enjoy as well. I think that it's 
interesting coming out of an academic center, um, feeling a little nervous when you first start out as an attending anywhere, you know, you're sort of on your own for the first time looking around like, where's my attending? (laughs) Is it really just me? Um, but I think that, uh, doing some procedures that I'd never done, even, um, you know, being a resident at OHSU and having excellent training and coming out feeling very confident in my emergency medicine skills. You know, the first time I had a patient come in with a bleeding dialysis fistula and we couldn't get the bleeding to stop. And I called the vascular surgeon expecting, oh, well, they're going to come right in, of course. And he said to me, oh, just put a figure of eight stitch in it and I'll see them tomorrow. And I just like my jaw dropped. I'm like, what do you, I was taught, never touch a dial, never touch this, only let vascular <laughs> surgery touch this. Um, and so I was a little nervous, but I went in and put a figure of eight stitch and it stopped the bleeding and the patient was thrilled and got to go home and follow up the next day. And, and so you learn as you go, sort of what, um, what you feel you're comfortable with. There are certain things that I've been asked to do where I say, no, I really don't think that's my scope of practice. And you have to sort of advocate for yourself and you learn as you go, sort of what, what is your scope of practice? Um, And so, you know, luckily we're also not too far from uh, large trauma centers or academic centers where we can send really complex patients who really shouldn't be taken care of in the community setting. And so we have that luxury of being able to get them there pretty quickly if they really need a higher level of care. Are there specific cases or, I mean, I guess patients that you feel you don't really see anymore in the community setting that you saw in an academic setting or... Um, I don't know, maybe a trend in that that you noticed when you switched from your training to your being working exclusively in a community setting? Well, you definitely do see a different cohort of patients. And so, you know, having come from OHSU where I felt like every third patient I saw had a VP shunt, um, you definitely don't feel that way. Most of your patients are relatively healthy or um, at least have pretty basic chronic medical conditions like mm-hmm. diabetes and hypertension. We occasionally do see VP shunts. I just had a patient last night or yesterday that had a VP <laughs> shunt, but, um, but doing sort of these complex medical workups on patients who have, you know, tons of, you know, known congenital anomalies or, you know, these severe autoimmune disease disorders are very rare are followed by, uh, you know, these extreme specialists up at OHSU. We don't typically see those patients, but, I will say I was surprised by the number of complex patients that we do see who just happen to live out in that area mm-hmm. and they don't feel either they're too sick to feel that they can make it up to OHSU um, or manual or they feel that, um, you know, they just have a small complaint and they don't want to, you know, drive all the way up to OHSU for some small complaint. Um, and so sometimes those patients do just have a minor problem that we can fix and treat it just like any other patient. And other times their problem is a little more complex. And luckily we're easily able to, to get those patients where they need to go. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So what kind of things working in the community do you find difficult or challenging um, compared to being at a large academic center specifically? So I think, um, you know, certainly the amount of specialty coverage varies from hospital to hospital. So when I first started working at my uh, site, the coverage was very limited. So there were some days where we didn't have urology, orthopedics, primary care. You know, we, we had no one to call for those things. And so 
I, having trained at OHSU, I always felt comfortable that if I had a patient that I really needed taken care of, I knew that if I called up there, they would take that patient. That's sort of their, you know, that's their job as a tertiary care center is right. to really take care of patients that need care. And I think that's one of the things I love about emergency medicine is being able to advocate for my patients and know what they need and be able to get them the care they need. But it's very frustrating when you have someone who has a simple urologic problem and you have no urologist that can take care of that patient. Yeah. And so we've really made great strides at my hospital in terms of making the administration understand um, our needs and making sure that we have coverage for all of the general um, you know, major specialty services that we require. And so for the last, I'd say two years, we've been really lucky in having you know 24 seven coverage for every specialty that we really need. Um, and also, you know, some of the specialties where you don't necessarily need someone very frequently, but when you need them, you really need them like plastics or hand surgery, um, ENT, those types of specialties. We have a great group of community specialists who really, um, you know, are happy to take, help us and take care of patients whenever we really need them and are always there um, when you call them. So I think that's been great, but I have seen it grow. And so there are definitely our community sites where you may be hours from a tertiary care center, or you may not have any specialty coverage other than maybe general surgery, which even then may be difficult. And so you're going to end up having to transfer a lot of those patients either by flying them or by long ground transport. And that just makes your job a lot more difficult, you know, in terms of stabilizing the patient and feeling confident that they're going to be able to make it to the care that they need. Okay. So it sounds like really just getting the specialized care that they need if you're in a small hospital or even a small, um, I guess, uh, group, um, just getting the right specialist there is kind of the main challenge that you, you face a lot. Um, are there other things that you find difficult in community setting versus being in a large academic setting, or is that kind of the main one? I would say that's the main one. I, I think there are a lot of uh, benefits. You know, I, that's, I mean, I love working in the community setting, so I don't really think there's a lot of downside to it. I do think that, um, you know, in terms of nursing coverage, that's going to be an issue at any hospital, but it's a lot more of an issue at a community site than at like a large trauma center where they have required ratios for patients. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times um, when I work a night shift, they may send a nurse home if our numbers are down and then suddenly get a surge and you have this huge rush and you just don't have enough nurses to take care of the patients that are there. Yeah. Uh, so that has that can be an issue, I think, that you see more in a community center than in an academic center. Uh, just because of the academic centers are usually trauma centers, and so they have uh, required nursing ratios that they're going to continue to meet despite low volume of patients. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so, in thinking about uh, us as future, hopefully, emergency medicine physicians, um, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's considering um, getting a job in a community emergency medicine department? You know, that's kind of their goal, long term goal. Um, what kind of advice would you tell them thinking down the road, looking back on all your training and kind of where you're at now? Yeah, so I think definitely um, looking at the residency programs that you apply to and you know having that thought. I don't think there's any downside to training really at an academic center as long as you make sure that you're going to um, get some exposure to community medicine and really see what is a good fit for you. Yeah. Um, I think there are you know, people who go into academics 
are definitely going to you know be drawn to the academic centers because that's what their kind of baseline interest is. And most, I would say, when I was applying, I think there are more sites now um, that have added residency programs, but most of the residency programs I applied to were large academic centers. So yeah. I think it's hard to, um, when you're looking at the sort of what your rotations are, I think having a lot of intensive care rotations is really helpful f- across the board, um, just in general for emergency medicine, is that those are the sickest patients in the hospital. And so taking care of those patients, you're going to learn a lot um, that's going to help you in the emergency department later, um, even though you're not in the emergency department. So looking at sites that have a lot of intensive care rotations, I think are really helpful when you're out in the, you know, going into community medicine Mm -hmm. and then also having, you know, some exposure to community medicine available, even if that's like an elective that you do, um, being able to train in a site where you kind of get a feel for what it's really like to see if that's a good fit for you. It certainly was not my, my plan. Um, and I think I was just lucky that OHSU does provide a fair amount of community medicine experience so that, um, I could feel comfortable that I was, I was going to be able to go out and, and be able to really be anywhere. Yeah. Do you feel like it was advantageous to kind of have both experiences? Um, cause I mean, it seems like at the academic center, you get the sick patients with a specialist and then in the community center, you kind of get the bread and butter. Do you think it was helpful to, versus like, if you were just to say, go straight into community residency program and then go in, straight into community, um, position as an attending? Yeah, I think it, it, it definitely, I think it's advantageous to be at an academic center. I think you're going to get exposed to a, a more broad patient base. And I don't think that that's ever going to be, you know, not serve you well to, yeah. to have that experience. But I do think that if your goal is to be a community medicine doctor and you really know that, which I think is hard for, for a lot of people, I think most people who have gone to medical school, they've, they've been in an academic setting. That's sort of what you've experienced. And it's hard to find a community medicine rotation, I think, as a medical student, really. And so usually people are going to have most of their experience in these large academic centers. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really know a lot about community medicine, honestly. Um, I knew, you know, my training when I rotated through the community hospital that that was different than the academic center. But because I wasn't really thinking forward to working in a community center, I was pretty set on academics through most of my training that I hadn't really thought about it. But I definitely think that it is helpful to have that experience. But I think if you do know ahead of time that you're going into community medicine, that that going to a community base site and then going in to be a community doc, I don't think there's a huge downfall to doing that. I just think that most people aren't going to ha- know that ahead of time, you know, yeah. what, what track they're going to take. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. I think some of the things that we as students talk about and in going into large academic centers is the, you've brought up some of those points is worried about there's so many residents around and there's an ortho specialist and a trauma you know, team and this. And so we kind of, as EM docs, we need to take care of those patients kind of lose out on that getting your hands in in on those cases, I think, is kind of our big worry, or at least mine and other people I've talked to. Yeah, so I think um, specifically looking at sort of what your rotations are. So I agree on our EM rotations at OHSU, you really aren't that resident who's doing all the procedures. But then we also rotate through trauma, we rotate through ICU, we rotate mm-hmm. through anesthesia. So you, those are your times to do those procedures. And so they do really make sure that you have that dedicated time um, you know, to, to have that experience. And in terms of orthopedics, I think 
you really have to advocate for yourself. So I think for me, I just happened to be lucky and well, lucky perhaps and be at St. Vincent's rotating through there when it was the big ice storm of 2008. And, you know, we had, I think we had a row, like, you know, eight, eight rooms in a row where the patients had slipped and fell and, you know, had a Collie's fracture that I got to go in and reduce. So I was just like going down the line, doing hematoma blocks and putting them in traps and putting the splints on. And so, you know, in the, the docs were thrilled that I was there because that's a time consuming thing for them to do. Um, but it got me a lot of exposure to orthopedics. And I think orthopedics is one of the things that really, when you're in community medicine, you're, I've one time in 10 years since residency had an orthopedic surgeon come in to reduce a fracture that I I couldn't get reduced and have to take them to the OR. Otherwise, I mean, you're expected to be able to reduce it, splint it and have them follow up. And so that's a big skill that you don't want to miss out on. And I do see how that is, you know, you have to really advocate for yourself and really stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to reduce this fracture, which is harder to do in an academic setting where there's orthopedic surgeon residents who need that procedure as well. But I think if you're, I think most sites are going to give you, um, most emergency medicine residency trainings are going to have either a dedicated ortho rotation where you're kind of that person or you're going to have to advocate for yourself at the community sites and really speak up and say, hey, I'm here and I want to do all the fracture or joint reductions today for any of the docs who are working here. And I think people are thrilled to you know, teach you in the community sites and, and have you there to, to be doing procedures. So, But you really have to kind of think forward. It's not something I think some people can get through residency and go out in the community and feel like they're maybe not ready for that for that next step yeah i think that's great advice i think i mean that's good to hear just advocating for yourself and kind of you know this is something i want to learn and kind of just telling people um in those large academic settings like you're even just watching other orthodox do it well thank you so much for coming on i just wanted to ask any last advice you have for either uh, future em docs or residents or anybody who's kind of interested in going to emergency medicine well, I love it. It's I, I'm 10 years out of residency and I still love my job and I love what I do. And I think um, my best advice is to really know what you're getting into. I think that's um, a difficult thing in emergency medicine because I think as a student, your experience is very different than what it is as an attending. And it's one of those specialties where it's very alluring as a student because there's a lot of it's very quick paced and there's a lot of procedures and it's really fun to work in a big group setting. But I think the most important things are making sure that you're comfortable not being an expert in anything because that's really what emergency medicine is. We're, we know a little bit about everything, but we don't, we're not experts in anything other than maybe resuscitation, which you know is a fairly thankless job <laughs> for the most part. Um, but I think that, that that being comfort with being comfortable with, um, not being an expert is something that you really have to think about. Is that, is that your goal? Um, are you going to be okay with not having the answer to everything, but knowing how to find the answer for that patient and knowing who to look for to get the answer for the patient? And I also think that, um, you know, as having gone through it and, and gone through this experience as a resident and then working in a community site, is just that, you know, every day I meet new people, every day I take care of, I learn something new and take care of a patient who may just have pneumonia, but then I learn something about that person and it's really, you know, that's where I make that connection. And I I feel like um, 
you know, being in a place where I take care of people and they're really grateful for their care is super rewarding. Um, so good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And thank you for all the great advice that you've given us. We thank Dr. Goldring for coming on eMigCast to briefly summarize some of the main points that we discussed. In terms of training in an academic setting, some of the benefits will be seeing more complex patients, which can be a very valuable learning experience. Also in an academic center, you'll be able to do multiple IC rotations where you treat very sick patients, and this training is very helpful when working in the ED later on. Additionally, you'll have access to more specialists and even subspecialists who treat very specific diseases, which can be really beneficial when calling consults. Lastly, you will have access to participate in a lot more research in an academic setting if that is something you are interested in. One of the major downsides of training in an academic center is the number of other trainees around, which becomes especially difficult when you're trying to be the one performing certain procedures. In terms of training in a community setting, some of the benefits are getting to see a lot of bread and butter cases that you need to be very confident diagnosing and treating when you transition from being a resident to an attending. Additionally, there is usually less trainers around in a community setting, so you'll often be able to do more procedures. Some of the challenges of working in a community setting are not having access to specialized care and also working with a reduced nursing staff, which can be very difficult when the ED is really busy. Other things that we touched on, including making sure when you're on your interview trail for residency to evaluate if a program allows you to train in both an academic and a community setting so you can get exposure to both. Make sure that you advocate for yourself during your training, especially with procedures. And lastly, prior to choosing going in EM, make sure that you're comfortable with being a generous who knows a little bit about everything and can be comfortable in saying, I don't know when it comes to certain topics. Well, that's all we have for this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and thanks for listening.